I'm Josso Focused, and we would like to welcome you to the Mixtape Podcast. The Mixtape. The Mixtape Podcast. The Mixtape. The Mixtape Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you didn't know, this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, check us out first on Twitter at the Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. If you'd rather follow on Instagram, you can find us at The Knicks Take. And last, you can follow us on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. Now, strange intro aside, you probably already tell. I am without my co-host, French, the bro host. He's currently out on illness, sick, sick leave. Wasn't feeling too good. We talked last night. He said, eh, see how I feel in the morning. Hit me up this morning and said, yo, I feel worse than I did last last night. So French ain't here. Told me to go ahead, get started without him. Release a pod without him. He's still here in spirit. He's still working behind the scenes, trying to get some things working for us as far as getting this podcast out. He just will not be available to talk with me. But the show must go on. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Oh, before we start talking about the games, I just want to give y'all an update. We haven't released any episodes for the YouTube for this season, season two. Starting today, we will be releasing episodes on YouTube. You will notice, though, episode 23, What Can Go Wrong, that is probably not going to be up today. We had a little bit of a technical issues in regards to getting that video pod out. We probably will release it sometime in December. It still will come out on YouTube, but when you see that we skipped an episode, the reason why is we have a little bit of issues with that. Don't worry about it. If you wanted to watch that episode, try to see, okay, what, what were they talking about as far as what we were hearing? Cause the, as you probably have noticed, the audio quality has improved quite a bit from season one. That will be getting released. Be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, this episode and episode 24 should be up by the end of the day. Tried to see if I could get the live stream going today. That was a no-go. We'll try again next time. And lastly, before we get to the games, I want to say thank you to my cohorts, my, my homeboys, my, my dudes over at the collie.com. You guys basically shouted me out, named a thread in my name, gave me support, gave me you know, overwhelming support. I want to shout out to D presidential who uh, was responsible for changing the name as well. I want to shout out to all of my next dudes, my, my next bros over there. I'm not going to list you all. I'm not going to name you all. I've been speaking to some of you for 20 years now. I'm, I'm about to be 36 next year. And I've been posting on the Kali, before the Kali. I've been posting for 20 years. 
And some of y'all know me, some of y'all watch me grow up. Y'all have seen me grow from a boy to a man. And to see that overwhelming support from my Knicks bros, man, I, I can't even, I can't even say enough about that. Shout outs to y'all. Hope y'all are listening. Hope y'all can get some of y'all friends and y'all family to listen. We build each other up. Y'all know how it go. Let's get it started. So last time we spoke, we spoke on the Knicks doing extremely well. Bringing it into Saturday, October 30th at New Orleans against the Pelicans. I was feeling good coming into this game. I was thinking that we were gonna we were gonna come in, we were gonna handle business. At first quarter, it seemed like that's what the Knicks was gonna do. First quarter, Knicks had it under control, started off the game hot from three, including a couple threes from Julius Randle. Even with that strong first quarter, though, the Pelicans were right there with us. They were right there with us. They were shorthanded too, but they were right there with us. They didn't seem to get out of it. Knicks got the lead as high as 15 points in the second ha- in the second quarter, but the Pelicans were able to cut the lead down to four by halftime. R.J. Barrett seemed to be the only player past the first quarter who could really keep the Knicks afloat. Julius followed up. Julius followed up. But he only, he only really scored 10 points in this entire game. So he was there, but he was mostly invisible behind R.J. Barrett's assault on the New Orleans Pelicans. Nick staved off a Pelicans comeback in the fourth quarter to win the game on R.J. Barrett's back. Pelicans were able to cut it again to four in the closing minutes. But an RJ pull-up three sealed the victory for the New York Knicks. You guys got to excuse me. I'm so used to talking to French. Like, I'm slipping up. <laughs> I'm stuttering over here. Try to, try to talk about this. Usually, I'm not stuttering like this. But like I said, the show must go on. RJ finished the game. 35 points. 8 rebounds. 6 assists or only 1 turnover. Finished 6 for 8 from 3. 5 for 6 from the line. 12 for 18 overall. That boy had himself a game. Career high for R.J. Barrett. Something tells me that by the end of the season, he might break that career high again. Kemba and Evan Fournier both finished with 19 points on very good shooting from three. But like I said earlier, very pedestrian night from Julius Randle. Finished the game with only 10 points. Grabbed six boards five and four dimes. And... This is going to be a game I feel like we're going to look back. We're going to look back at this game and say, yo, RJ, if we if there was any point in this season where I went from thinking that RJ it was just going to be another guy in the starting lineup to, no, he's going to be the leader of this team. He's going to be the star of this team, the first or second option of this team. It's going to be this game. We're going to look back at this New Orleans Pelicans game. And we're going to look back at how RJ put it all together. Shot from three. Finished the game, finished in the paint. Went to the free throw line. Did everything. Put this team on his back to guarantee us the victory. This is going to be the game that we look back to and say, yo, this is where the RJ Barrett all-star campaign began. After a slow start and... We wouldn't have won this game without him. The Pelicans were right there on our heels. They were basically about to prove what everybody said about us and being unable to finish games. 
RJ said, nah, we're not having none of that. So moving on from this game over to the Toronto game, Toronto Raptors, New York Knicks went back home in the garden. Toronto pulled up. First game celebrating 75 years of NBA basketball. This game commemorated the first basketball game in NBA history that occurred between the New York Knicks and the Toronto Huskies. Obviously, Huskies, Raptors, not the same franchise, but Toronto came through to represent. And they came to this game on a three-game winning streak. So far, Raptors only really lost to good teams. They beat everybody else that was put in front of them. And the game, it started out looking good. <laughs> it started out looking good for the Knicks, right? We came out hot again. Really outplayed the Raptors in the first quarter. Julius said, all right, I had 10 points the last game. Maybe the offense will be back this game. Started knocking down all his threes. Started knocking down a bunch of shots. Scored 18 points in the first quarter. 18 in one quarter. He was looking like he was about to have himself a career night. I like, I was like, damn, Julius playing like this, the next player like this, we shouldn't lose this game. <laughs> well, with four minutes and 14 points, 14 seconds left in the second quarter, the Knicks were up 50 to 35, 15 point lead. And due to a bunch of things that I'm just not, I'm not going to get into the specifics of this game. The Raptors worked their way back. And eventually got the lead. Julius Randle, who I thought was going to have a career night, ended up scoring 22 points for the game. 18 in the first quarter, 22 for the game, which means he scored four whole points after that first quarter. Unacceptable. Taj Gibson got injured in this game, sprayed his ankle, get well soon. Taj, not really going to get deep into this. The Raptors won. 113 to 104. What should have been a comfortable victory for the Knicks after that impressive opening turned into a game that RJ Barrett said they lost because the Raptors just outworked them. I I might get into that later, but I'm just going to move on. RJ, by the way, finished with a team high again of 27 points on nine for 13 shooting. He was five for eight from three. And also had six rebounds. A lot of things wrong with this game. Knicks not getting back on D. Kemba's only really noticeable on offense. Except for when he decides that he's going to get in front of his man when they're driving. Fournier pissed me off this game. Mitch hasn't really been able to reclaim the dominance he showed against the Celtics. Even though he finished this game with 12 rebounds. But Jesus, man. If I gotta, if I gotta say, Julius Randle really underwhelmed. If Pelicans game was the game that proved why RJ should be the guy we consider our star playing player, which I'm not saying that we should just yet. This Raptors game is going to be the game we go point back to and be like, yeah, this is why Julius should have not been our star player. We should have gone to RJ because whoo, outside of that first quarter, Julius failed us. Both sides of the court failed us. Fournier, annoying all night, went 5 for 13 from the field for just 12 points. Kemba only had 15. 
I wish I, I just wish Alec Burks got more burn. I wish quickly got more burn. And I really wish Rose would have came to play. Like I it was just an over, overall underwhelming effort from our team. So let's move on to the Indiana game. Wednesday, November 3rd at Indiana. And after a disheartening loss at home, I'm just like, yo, yeah, we we should have won that. RJ called us out, said that we got outworked, said we didn't play hard. At home, embarrassing shit, right? Coming from RJ Barrett, who's our, I don't know if we want to consider him our number two, but I consider him our number two, and I'm strongly considering maybe he should be our number one at this point. So to hear that from him, to see him be a leader, you, you thinking that they're going to come into Indiana and they're going to show out. Well, before I even get into the game, I'll say the Pacers definitely have a good team. This is not the Pacers team that we played against in the preseason. They have a lot of their players back. I like a lot of their players. They, I will especially like Malcolm Brogdon. They have some guys that, when I was talking about free agency, and some of those guys on that team were guys that I was like, hey, I wouldn't be mad if the Knicks picked those guys up. You know, I wouldn't be mad if we didn't bring some guys back. You could pick up this guy. You pick up, you know, pick up a Miles Turner. I don't, I don't think he was free agent, but I wouldn't have been mad if they would have tried to acquire Malcolm Brogdon. I wouldn't have been mad if they tried to acquire T.J. McConnell, who had himself a night as well tonight on that night. That said, the Knicks followed up the game that the R.J. said they got outworked at home with another loss on the road to the Indiana Pacers. From the beginning, Miles Turner abused the New York Knicks and Mitchell Robinson from the three-point line. And he just never stopped. It was, it was like the first six points, first nine points, Miles Turner, open three, splash, open three, splash, open three. Like, Miles Turner was just abusing the fact that Mitch wanted to be able to get to the paint to grab the rebound or to protect the rim. And Miles Turner just stayed out on the perimeter and just uh, just caught Mitch sleeping numerous times. He finished the game with 25 points and 13 rebounds, and he knocked seven threes down in total. And that was really, that was really the, the difference. The, the fact that Miles Turner completely outplayed Mitchell Robinson, at least from, at least statistically, he kept catch, catching Mitch sleeping and Mitch couldn't, couldn't do anything with Miles Turner. Speaking of three-pointers, though, the Knicks couldn't hit one to save their lives. They finished the game five for 24. Just five threes. Only attempted 24. This is a team that was leading the league in field goal attempts from three. Field goals made from three. They went five for 24. So, on one hand, I want to say I'd like to cut Mitchell Robinson a little bit of slack. Like, I don't know how angry I can be when you let a career 35% three-point shooter go seven for 10. Like, this is a dude that usually shoots below average from three. But man, after that first quarter, when you see he's splashing the three like that, you gotta, you can't just be like, he's gonna miss eventually. You got to stick to that guy. And you gotta hope that Julius Randle you got to hope that Julius Randle will pick up the slack when it comes to the rebounds and when it comes to the blocks. 
That that's just basically what you have to do. You can't keep leaving a guy like Miles Turner open from three when he's splashing at a greater than 50% rate and he doesn't seem to be missing. Like you can't do that, Mitch. You can't. You just can't. You can't leave him wide open like that. If you want to be defensive player of the year candidate, you can't have a game like this where the guy, the one guy that you're supposed to be guarding is the reason why your team loses by 20 points. You know, the, when they would, I mean, they ended up losing by 14 or whatever, but they, Pacers just obliterated us and Miles Turner scoring 25 is a major, major reason why that happened. Mitchell Robinson finished this game. What did he have? Three points, six boards. It's not going to get it done. Only one field goal attempt, one field goal made. Miles Turner abused that boy. Now, I said, you got to hope Julius Randle picks up the slack on the rebounds, and he did. He ended this game with 18 and 14 with three assists. So there's really no reason for Mitch to really be out, to, to, to be not sticking to Miles Turner. There really was no reason. Yeah, Mitch, you got three blocks, but you know what? You got three blocks, but you gave up so many points. And this is the thing that I was saying about Nerlens Noel, who did return to the Knicks in this game. Because uh, you have all these block shots, and you that doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing if you haven't blocked shots, but your guy is going off. It doesn't mean that you had a great game. It doesn't. The Mitch had the most blocks, tied for the most blocks in this game with Karis Levert, which is he, he, whatever, right? Tied for the most blocks in this game, but he is the guy who got abused. Mitch, you can't, you got to go back to what you was doing against Boston, bro. You got to. So, seemed pretty stupid to leave this dude, Miles Turner, open. Everybody else in the Pacers was hitting their threes. The Knicks did make an effort, led by another strong, uh, led by another strong game by RJ. 23 points, grabbed five boards, had three assists. Is I do believe this was another game that RJ led the team in scoring. Yep, that is correct. 23 points was the Knicks high. He didn't shoot particularly great from three, only going two for six. He And he didn't really shoot the ball well overall. Eight for 20 for 40% from the field. But once again, RJ was that guy to try to put this team on his back when it seemed like nobody else could do so. Julius Randle went six for 16 from the field. Evan Fournier, 5 for 12. Kemba, 2 for 11. Nobody shot great on this team. The Knicks needed RJ to, to do more, and they should have let RJ do more. Tibbs needs to recognize that RJ is going to be that guy for him. And when he sees, guy, when he sees his star, Julius Randle, trying to do things that are not leading to winning basketball on both ends of the court, Tibbs, you got to call him out. You got to tell him, listen, tonight's not your night. RJ's proven he can do it already. He won a game for us already. He's been our best player over the last three games. We're going to use you as a fake out, but RJ's going to be the guy. And get your ass back on defense. Run back on the other end of the court. 
Kemba, Evan, Fournier, get back onto the other, other end of the court and find your man. I don't know if Tibbs is really preaching defense because I guess he sees he only has two new guys that really needs to learn the defense. I don't know if that's what it is. But Tibbs, you need to work Kemba and you need to work Evan Fournier into this defense because this defense is now a bottom five, bottom 10 defense when last year we were a top five, top 10 defense. Losing Reggie Bullock shouldn't affect you that much when RJ has stepped up defensively. We've seen RJ step up defensively. We're losing the transition battle because guys are getting back on defense poorly. The teams are abusing us in transition. Blame Kemba, blame Evan. We also can blame Julius Randle for not putting forth that, putting forth that effort. So, done with the Indiana game. We're going to move on to Milwaukee. Friday, November the 5th, 2021. And after that Indiana loss, I was asked about the Knicks losing two straight, seeming to rely on the three, and then when the three is not falling, it seems like they're losing the games. And when I was asked about that, I said, yeah, they're losing games, but they're not losing games because they're relying too much on the three because this last game, they only shot 24 threes. They still got their ass kicked. So even when they're not relying on the three, there's something else that's going on there. And I then said, if the Knicks beat Milwaukee, does any of that even matter? And the reason why I ask that is because it's so easy to get caught up in prisoner of the moment. So easy to get caught up on win in every win and every loss. When you have a great win, the last episode was called the C word. That was French talking about how he thinks that this Knicks team can be a championship contender team. And I, I, I said nothing because it's too early. <laughs> it is too early to really say anything about this team because they haven't proven enough to me. They haven't proven enough. It, it takes so much for you to consider yours to be considered a championship contender team. Atlanta is barely considered a championship contender and they're playing well. They're playing so poorly that now, nope, they're not even a championship contender. Yeah, they made it to the conference finals, but maybe that was a fluke. The Knicks haven't even proven what the Atlanta Hawks have proven. So I, it is, it's just way too early to be saying the C word when it comes to this team. It's way too early. But anyway, I digress. It's early. Knicks beat Milwaukee. Guess what? Those last two games that seem to be bad losses don't really seem that bad. Just seem like a two-game stretch where the Knicks didn't play their best. So. Coming into this game, I knew that this would be a defining moment for the Knicks after falling from the number one seed to potentially being one game over 500 and out of the top eight in the East. And this game didn't start great. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. You want to say, okay, two losses, Knicks going to come out with some fire. And they did not. The Bucks were hitting their shots. A lot of the same problems that seemed to ail the Knicks in the last three games seemed to turn up. 
poor defense in transition, overall lack of effort, lack, lack of shot making ability. It just seemed like the Bucks were going to just run away from this. Just hand over fist, just completely bully the Knicks. Bucks at the end of the first quarter up 38 to 19. Now, despite this, the Knicks reminded us of that team who doesn't quit from last year and slowly chipped away at the Milwaukee Bucks league. Slowly, that 38 to 19 started becoming from going from a 20 point lead to a 22 point, 20, you know, 21 point lead down to like 15, down to 10. And then the Knicks hovered around a nine to 10. And then they were in it. I don't know. I don't know how, but that's why you can't give up on the team at the end of the first quarter. The teams can figure it out. They start hitting their shots. Julius Randle came to play, ended up scoring 32 points on the night on 11 for 22 shooting. Also got to the free throw line 10 times, made seven. Finished with 12 rebounds, four assists, two blocks. RJ scored another 20-point game, 20 points for the night, and grabbed seven boards. And the Knicks just, they got hit hard, and they got back up. And before you knew it, the Knicks had the lead. Fourth quarter, Tibbs ran out of lineup, featuring Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Nerlens Noel. And they went from taking the lead to extending the lead. His group, along with Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin, made the biggest plays in the second half, wrested control of the game from the defending champs, and turned what was a potential blowout loss into a eventual blowout victory. Knicks win 113-98. At one point, they turned that 21-point deficit to a 22-point lead in this game. And they Bucks said, Bucks gave up with about four four minutes, three minutes left in the game. Pulled Giannis out off the court because it didn't seem like anything that he was doing was effective. Didn't seem like anything the team could do to cut into that Knicks lead. And that Knicks, I don't, I don't know what to say, man. After those last two games, this was the game where it's like, oh, yeah, we have nothing to worry about. Julius might have had the team high in this game, but Derrick Rose was the major reason we won. Scored 10 out of his 23 points in the fourth quarter and also collected eight rebounds, four assists. This was a game that I honestly, at one point, stopped paying attention to because, like I said, this was a defining moment for the Knicks. And the Knicks did not come out to play against the Milwaukee Bucks. But they did come to play on this night. Maybe they didn't play for 48 minutes, but they damn sure played for 36. So, we still have to wait and see because we still don't know which team we're going to see for the entire season. Are we going to see the team that lost to the Orlando Magic embarrassingly? Are we going to see the team that couldn't maintain their lead against the Toronto Raptors? Are we going to see the team that got blown out by the Indiana Pacers? Or are we going to see the team who gave the current number one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers, one of their two losses. Are we going to see the team that showed up last night against the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks? Are we going to see the team who beat the Chicago Bulls? 
are we going to see the good version of this team, the team from last year, or are we going to see this team who, going to be honest, sometimes they think that they're better than they actually are. And that starts with our main guy, Julius Randle. Knicks have become begun a free fall when it comes to the three-point shot. People worried about the Knicks falling in love with the three, and yes, occasionally they have. Where they were once first and threes made and attempted, they have slid to fifth in makes. Despite this, the Knicks are now fifth in three-point percentage as well as fourth in points per game. This is an offensive squad. Offensive. Offense first. Last year, they were a bad offensive team, but a great defensive team. This year, they are a great offensive team, bad defensive team. They're no longer top five in effective field goal percentage, though. Remember, I told you, effective field goal percentage, that's going to be key. It's going to be key when it comes to this team. The reason, you might be even say, hey, reason why the Knicks are not number one team is because they're no longer top five in effective field goal percentage. They've fallen down to seventh. Their third in offensive rating, which is the amount of points scored per 100 possessions. So, I've already alluded to this. The Knicks defense is much worse than it was last year. Who do we lose? Alfred Payton. Not really that great a defender. I'm going to be honest with you. But we also lost Reggie Bullock. We also lost Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina barely played. So, really, Reggie Bullock. Does losing Reggie Bullock turn you from a top 10 defense to a bottom 10 defense? No. The game last night against the Milwaukee Bucks kind of showed that this Knicks team still can play defense. So what is it? What is it that's causing this team to play hard defense at times? And honestly, it's the addition of Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, and it's also Julius Randle not playing as hard on defense as he did last year. Last year, Julius Randle made strides. He made all the strides defensively last year. And this year, he's playing much closer to the season before where I wanted Julius Randle off of this team. He's starting to trend back in that direction, starting to do way too much on the ball, starting to turn over the ball, and also not getting back on D, not matching his assignment on D. And that is why we're playing so bad. We can't afford for Julius Randle to play so bad defensively while also admittedly having a much worse defender at the two in Evan Fournier. Kemba Walker, we can, we might be able to scooch by because Kemba Walker, he's, he's never going to be one of our top defenders, but we do need him to continue playing the defense that he played last night. I don't know how many charges he had, he, he was able to draw, but it was that defensive effort that helped us win the game. Evan Fournier has got to be held accountable. I, that, that's all I'm going to say. Evan Fournier has got to be, there's a lot of times where he's getting lost on the court. And I'm saying we can, we can, we can deal with that. If Kemba is drawing charges and Julius Randle's playing defense the way he should be, and RJ is continuing his strides on defense and we got Mitch, but too often, most of that hasn't happened. So, and then transition, transition defense. Whoo, boy, our transition defense has, been, has taken a, a steep hit. I think we're last in transition defense. We're not 
doing what we need to do. We're not getting back. And even when we get it back, we're losing the guys that we supposed to be. All right, you got back to the other the court, but you ain't picking up your, your assignment. It's not good. So Mitchell Robinson, not play. I've already alluded to this earlier, not playing up to his capabilities and standards. He had an amazing first game against the Celtics. He was imposing his will on the boards, in the paint, scoring. And he seemed to just disappear out there at times. Sometimes you could see he's doing what he has to do. He's grabbing the offensive board. He's grabbing the defensive board. But then at other times, it's like, bitch, what are you doing? Pay attention to your guy. Pay attention to what he's doing. Yes, we need you for the team defense. You're very key when it comes to the team defense. Yes, a lot of our defensive strategies relies you to be in the paint, but teams are going to exploit that. You can't afford to leave your man when they are killing us. Mitch has not played very well. Nerlens Noel has Nerlens Noel had himself a decent night because even though he knew what the strategy was, he didn't let his assignment kill us the way that Mitch has. So Mitch needs to get back to being that guy. When Mitch is able to do what Nerlens Noel did last night, even if it doesn't end up in a statistical flourish, Mitch is always going to be our number one center when he's doing that. And I don't know if it's the fluke injuries that he's got. Maybe one of them is starting to linger. Maybe it's because Mitch is starting, still trying to find his legs on the court as far as his wind, you know, getting his cardio back. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it's caused, it's affecting us on the court. It's affecting the wins and the losses. This team is overall better with Mitch is snatching those rebounds, swatting those shots, and dunking. Nerlens Noel, even though he had a good game, there was still three or four times where it's like, this is why I prefer Mitch. Nerlens can't catch those passes. He can't catch the passes that Mitch catches. He's turning over the ball. But when you're sound defensively, that don't matter. Mitch hasn't been sound defensively 100% of the time. He's not going to be defensive player of the year if he keeps playing like this. So, Knicks are now sixth seed, but they also have an identical record to the fourth seed, Brooklyn Nets. So that is something that we can hang our hat on. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show, show something here. The Knicks have new city jerseys for the 2021-2022 season. And I am going to say that 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 jersey is fire. I'm not going to lie, bro. That jersey looks amazing. Amazing. I'm going to share it with you guys here. Uh, Yeah, I am personally, I'm all about it, bro. It, Nick's put out a little uh, a tweet with Kemba Walker showing off the new jerseys, showing off, you know, how they're going to look. The It's got a little, I don't know. I can't tell if it's like a dark, dark blue over it's a black, but I'm pretty sure it's black with orange on it. It's basically the same mostly as the, as the current jerseys, but they just look so good. It looks so good. And, and and this, some people didn't really like it when they saw just the pictures of it, but this little video here that some of you are not going to be able to see if you're not watching the YouTube, but this video with Kemba Walker putting it on, donning it, going out onto the court, it, it sold it for me. I'm definitely buying this jersey. I'm def- definitely buying this uniform. It's got some of the 
Knicks legendary numbers from, you know, from players of the past. It's got it on the waistband. That's amazing. Everything about it is amazing. And I did see a picture. I don't know if it's going to show up in this video, but there will be a matching court with those jerseys. And whoo, if you guys haven't seen it, haven't checked it out yet, just go to Twitter, go look on the Knicks page. Kith, once again, did a wonderful, wonderful job on, on these jerseys. I still need to get the, the jerseys that they made from last season. I still need to get that. I'm, I'm with it. I fucks with it. <laughs> I need to get last year's jerseys and I need to get this year's jerseys. I don't care who's, I don't care whose jersey I got to buy, but I am 100% feeling these jerseys and the court. I couldn't find the court, but you guys can find that on your own. I'm doing pretty good. A little over half an hour into the pod. Let's get into the predictions. Now, last week, French, the bro host, predicted wins over the Pelicans, Raptors, and Bucks. He predicted win over the Pelicans by greater than 10. That didn't happen. We obviously lost to the Raptors, and we definitely beat the Bucks. And he predicted it being greater than nine points, which was also correct. He also predicted the loss to the Pacers. He made sure to text me and say, yo, remind the listeners that French was two of three. Well, French, you actually correctly predicted three games. You predicted the Pelicans win, the Bucks win, and the Pacers win. And you also got the spread right for the Bucks with the greater than nine points. Now you said that the Knicks were going to lose to the Pacers but it was going to be a close game. That game was not close at all. Knicks actually lost by 21, and it was not within a few points the way that you predicted. I only got the Pelicans win correctly, and I thought it was going to be a blowout just like French. I went over with 15 points. That was also incorrect. It was definitely a closer game than both of us had expected. I predicted wins over the Raptors. That was not, that didn't happen. And the Pacers, that did not happen. And I also thought the Knicks would lose to the Bucks, which came nowhere close to happening. French, the bro host, currently out predicting me when it comes to the wins and the spread. I can't say nothing. <laughs> so we're not going to do predictions today on this episode because French is out, but I still might give my opinion Overall, as far as which games I think the Knicks are going to win and lose. So, Sunday, November 7th, Knicks will place the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Garden. I, whew, I don't know, man. I'll come back to that. Monday, November 8th, the back-to-back, -back, Knicks and Philly again. Knicks will be playing at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. 76ers going to be looking to regain you know, try to keep, get us back for that loss that we gave to them. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think anything's going to be much different. It might be a closer game, but I still think that the Knicks match up well with the Sixers and Mitch just has to not play the way that he played against the Pacers. He, and I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think when you know your assignment and he knows Joel Embiid, he's going to match him. He's going to do what he has to do with, with Embiid. He's going to do what he did in the first game. 
And that's going to be the difference between a victory and a loss against the Philadelphia 76ers. This is going to be a tough week, bros. I didn't want to give, I didn't want to give my prediction when it came to the Char- to uh, excuse me, the Cleveland Cavaliers, because the Cleveland Cavaliers have actually been playing very well this year. They only have one more loss than us. That's the that's the difference in in our records. And then we have Philly. That's not going to be an easy game. And then we got Milwaukee again in the Garden. You know Milwaukee after us putting the, that ass whooping on them in Milwaukee. They're going to try to come to the Garden and take a victory. I am so hesitant because as much as I think that Milwaukee is going to try to get us back, I'm struggling to see how the Knicks continue this bad streak of losses at home. The Knicks are doing better, have a better record on the road than they do at home. I don't expect that to happen for the entire season. So I think that's also going to be a close game. Both the Cleveland and the Milwaukee game are going to be close games. I'm hoping the Knicks win both. I think the Knicks will definitely still beat Philadelphia. And then Friday, November 12th, the Knicks will be at Charlotte in the Spectrum Center. I will predict that to be a Knicks victory. And ah, do I think the Knicks go 4-0 on this stretch? This during this tough stretch? It's really going to be dependent on a couple of things. It's going to be dependent on Julius Randle. It's going to be dependent on Mitchell Robinson. It's going to be dependent on Kemba Walker. It's going to be kept dependent on the how Tom Thibodeau decides to roll out his rotation and who he decides to hold accountable. The Knicks are very capable of coming out of this week on a four, five game winning streak, but they also very capable of going two and three. I could see them losing to Cleveland. I could see them losing to Milwaukee. I could see them sleeping on Charlotte. I I could. I don't know how this is going to play out, but my official prediction, if you want to, we're not officially playing, but if you want to say what my predictions were, Knicks beat Cleveland, Philly, and Charlotte. And it's going to be an overtime with Milwaukee. The Knicks could win. The Knicks could lose that. You want to put me down for a loss. I don't want to say that the Knicks are going to I don't want to say twice in a row that the Knicks beat Milwaukee, but I mean, the, the Knicks lose to Milwaukee, excuse me, because I predicted a Knicks loss last time. I want to give them the win this time. So, yeah. 4 0 Knicks. All right, y'all. Uh, it's been a tough episode. We're missing my brother French. Love you, bro. Get well soon. Feel better. I'll hit you up after I release the pod. I got nothing to plug. So once again, and as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. I thank you for hanging out with me for 45 minutes that it took me to record this podcast by myself. Took me a lot of prep time to set everything up, you know, for a solo pod. You're going to be seeing a lot more of my stuff going on over here. A lot more of my little paraphernalia. I've got some new Knicks gear. I just got my Obi Toppin jersey. I just got a new hat that I'm going to have to try to find a place for on my wall right there behind me. Thank you, guys. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all as always. Peace. That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. 
You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.